Cairo Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. Good morning and welcome to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick at the law firm of Gregorick & Associates, and I'm in with a, my colleague and friend and associate attorney here at Gregorick & Associates, Mr. Ted Hansen. Good morning, Good Ted. morning, and hey, happy Father's Day. Oh, you got you let the cat out yeah. of the bag kind of early. Well, I want uh, I want that new boat, too. So that's yeah. Oh, jeez. Don't, don't even go there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, folks, uh, well, we're still here. We're still kicking, and um, I hope you are doing well. Well, and I hope life is beginning to improve just a little bit for you. This has certainly been an extended period of um, turmoil, I guess would be a decent word. Um, you know, I don't have to rehash everything that's going on uh, since, you know, basically late February, early March with uh, COVID-19 and everything that goes on there, the massive unemployment that that has triggered. Um, there are good signs that we're that unemployment's uh, going to, is improving, but uh, it's going to take a while. You know, protests, riots, occupations, um, these are indeed troubling times. And I think the key thing is there's just so much uncertainty. And yet we see a lot of activity that may or may not support that action. And it's been interesting um, for, for our practice. I mean, most people know us as the estate planning and elder law planning firm because that's what we talk about predominantly on the radio. But we also do quite a bit of other legal work. Um, uh, chiefly among those, we do uh, quite a bit of real estate work, uh, purchase and sales, leases. We represent landlords, tenants. We represent buyers and sellers, both residential, commercial. And I thought I'd talk uh, about the real estate market a little bit today and some things are going on because we have a an interesting market houses are selling but there's just not a lot of them for sale i mean i think that's the you know kind of the bottom line is when inventory is very low that's going to have an upward pressure on pricing remember the old supply and demand stuff we all know about well small small supply and then therefore a bigger demand. So we have kind of a little mini thing like we had uh, in the last real estate bubble where people are getting multiple offers and doing a lot of things that we lawyers really cringed at. And the one thing that buyers were doing and you know we spoke about it at the time and many other lawyers did as well but it was just about waiver of contingencies for your real estate contracts so if you're a buyer and you're going out to purchase a piece of property most people make that contract subject to or conditioned on certain things like a financing contingency an inspection contingency maybe a survey, and of course, title. I thought I'd talk about those four items today a little bit, and then maybe uh, we'll cap off a little bit on uh, real estate brokerage and the laws of agency and their fiduciary um, duties that go along with that. So, Ted, we've talked uh, so many times, and um, we've had a number of cases over the years, um, you know, continuing on into present time. So this isn't past history. This is past and present. But when we get into a market where there's a low inventory and we theoretically have more buyers than we have sellers, and that starts creating a competitive market for a buyer to get a property. And one of the first things buyers are told to do, of course, is get approval for financing. And that way they don't need to have a financing contingency. You could make it maybe contingent on appraisal or title. But um, waiving inspections, this is the one that really has me concerned for folks because there are so many hidden defects that could be lurking in your the new home that you're going to purchase. 
and by waiving your right to an inspection and having your sale conditioned on that, such as if the inspection shows something that is unacceptable to you and it cannot be remedied to your satisfaction, then you can terminate the transaction generally if it's written properly. So, Ted, you know, you've had experience here as well. And what are, when people are giving up these rights to contingencies, how do you counsel your clients? Well, what we're talking about really is is somewhat of a frenzied buying environment when this starts happening and and people that generally are very prudent about what is perhaps the biggest investment in their life they 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 tend to throw things out the window and and in a lot of cases unknowingly throwing things out the window like these inspection contingencies and really doing things in our opinion that are not only legally <laughs> just don't make any sense but but then you have this emotional component to the to the game too and that's where lawyers and their clients sometimes go awry because this emotional component uh, frequently trumps the legal advice that we give people in these situations and and they just do it anyway and and the issue really is is do you trap yourself into a situation where you're beyond the ability to cancel it and then what are the ramifications for the seller if you don't follow through with the deal and these contracts that we're talking about typically in, in most cases we're talking about a, a typical um, you know real estate generated type forms that are used for these types of contracts now lawyers will draft of course they can draft uh, different types of purchase and sale agreements but they're largely the same uh, but we are talking about standard forms and and brokers and your real estate agents should really be advising you about these various contingencies rather than prompting you simply to waive them so that you get the sale done quicker and of course guess what happens on the other and they get their money quicker you know and and one of the things that we talk about rather frequently with sellers is that by the seller you know encouraging you will uh, the buyer to waive inspections the seller's actually potentially incurring some liability there um as far as their disclosures and what the property um, has. I mean, Ted, in our market up here, one of the biggest issues we have in this area um, is with uh, septic systems. And, you know, many, many folks um, are either new to our area, new to home buying, and they end up buying a property. New to septic systems. That has a septic, and they don't really know how to own and operate that they haven't had experience with it you know most of us uh, if you you know live in the city or you live in you know where we have public sewers and that you don't really think what happens when you flush the toilet that's right we we don't want to think about that that's absolutely right and And yet if you have a self-contained on-site sewage system aka a you know septic septic system system. that's right various types um, there is maintenance, and there are things that you have to do, and there's component parts, and you kind of have to learn about the tank, the D-box, the distribution box, the baffles, yeah. the um, drain field, drain field and the piping, right. and, and you'll learn all about what it means to have percolation tests and right. all about you know how do you treat your drain field and the do's and don'ts. Because, you know, when you get a property like this, if you have a septic system that is damaged or failed or failed um, drain field, you can be into tens upon tens of thousands of dollars easily reaching in, you know, hundred. Two hundred thousand um, dollars for remedial um, action of either redoing or reestablishing the septic system, and/or maybe sewers come to your area and now you're required to hook up to sewer. Everybody says that sounds great, but hookup fees to sewage plant, uh, sewage uh, for your public utilities. You know, I've seen it as low as two, three thousand dollars, but I've seen it over a hundred. Oh yeah, it depends on the over, distance. Frankly, it yeah. depends on the distance you are from the main line, and then some of these more, you know, these larger lots that we get in some of these more kind of uh, rural areas, it can be very, very expensive to do this. And 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 in some cases, what buyers don't realize is that the current septic system will not be permitted in a sale because they will have condemned that that type of septic system, and they will require you to pipe into the to the main sewer system. So yeah. there are so many caveats and you know, but looking at a home, you know, you've got a septic system that's unusual for some people, new, you know, so you gotta learn about that. And then, you know, but you look at it, your electrical systems, heating, air conditioning, ventilation systems, your piping, how is your electrical wiring if you're buying an older home, what is the amp services? There are a lot of hidden Yeah, defects. and that's another common one here.
here, if particularly is electrical boxes and the compl- you know the compliance with current code and those kind of things are a real big issue. So during many inspections, the inspector will come up with these various defects and and they will recommend a course of correction, which is the ba- which is the benefit of having the inspection done, so that you can identify those things, identify what it costs to repair it, and then negotiate with the seller accordingly. Well, we also look, you know, maybe the the, the homeowners put a room addition on the house or done some remodeling. Well, was it done properly? Was it permitted? Was it inspected? Is that electrical work that the person did going to be up to snuff or your house going to be smoking someday. Yeah, and is that is that is that apartment in your basement up to code? More importantly, in many cases, well, for people too. Yes, right? uh, making you know. mother-in-laws and legal habitable structures. Yep. Uh, there's just a ton of things, folks, that we can go into the inspection. But you want the inspection to look at the home and lots of other things, and we're going to have to pick up on that right after uh, this first break. So, folks, uh, your partner-in-law, we are live and ready to help you out at the law firm, Gregor and Associates. Give us a call, 425-284-3450. That's a direct line to the law firm, Monday through Friday, 425-284-3450. We'll be right back. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick. Gregor and Associates, they're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Story Monson, Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m., right after the big show. I'll be joining Brian Ott with 525 Advisors for his live webinar. You'll learn all about the new long-term care plans offered by Brian and 525 Advisors. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It allows you to stay in control of your care options, and most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. So reserve your spot today. Join Brian and me Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m. I'll kick things off and share my long-term care story. Make sure to reserve your spot today at 525longtermcare.com. Brian keeps the class size small for a great learning environment. Space is limited. It's all free, and I'll be part of it as well. Go to 525longtermcare.com. It's times like these that remind us how crucial it is to make sure your family's health care documents and money management is in order. It's John Curley. Be proactive, have a plan, and do what's best for your family so everyone can have peace of mind. I can't recommend it enough. Talk to Rick Gregorick. He helped me in my estate plan, and Rick is open and ready to help make sure your plan is properly updated. And if you don't have an estate plan, Rick is absolutely the best in the area to create the proper plan to custom fit for your needs. Rick wants to encourage everyone to follow the guidelines being provided by local and state and federal governments to slow the growth of this deadly virus. It's vitally important to invest in yourself and your family. In a proper estate, an elder law plan has never been more important. Rick Gregorick and Associates are open now and ready to help you. You can schedule your complimentary consultation by calling 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. All righty. Welcome back to Your Partner in Law. Brought to you by the law firm of Gregorick and Associates. Hey, just a little quick update on the law firm. Um, We are virtually open. We have been from the beginning. Uh, We do have... uh, 
limited time in in and out of the office now, and uh, we're being able to see clients and uh, getting work out the door. Uh, things are um, really um, beginning to show signs of improvement, uh, where we're able to get you know our services out to more and more people, especially some of those that have been uh, homebound or hospital nursing homebound. Um, still difficult in some of the areas. We we still have situations we haven't been able to get in to see our clients because of uh, the nursing home uh, restrictions and that. So we're uh, monitoring that very closely. But we're seeing a lot of things that are, you know, maybe some signals that, you know, there's brighter times ahead that we'll, you know, as businesses get opened up and we kind of go back to a little normalcy. So please check us out on the web, rjglegal.com, rjglegal.com, and contact us for any of your legal questions. Just uh, you can go through the law firm's website, rjglegal.com. You can go to my, um, yourpartnerinlaw.com. And, hey, you know, all our shows are podcasts. If you want to go back and listen to them, the uh, easiest way to find them is on mynorthwest.com. Just go to the show schedule, pick on your partner in law, and they're all right there. And um, so they're all over the place, not hard to find. So right before the break, uh, we were talking about, you know, these contingencies for real estate contracts. And we were talking about the various types of inspections that you might want to have. And the typical home inspection is going to, you know, they're going to start, you know, at the outside of the house. And they're going to go up on the roof. They're going to get in the attic. They're going to get in the crawl space. They're going to check out the basements. They're going to check out the plumbing, the electrical, the heating, and and. and and most importantly, the foundation and the structure, which they like to call the bones of the house, is it a solid built house or is it something you're going to move into and find a year down the road that uh, you have to spend a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars in repairs, which nobody wants to see after they just purchased a home. So that's one type of inspection. Um, oftentimes there's contingencies for neighborhood reviews, reviews of schools, crime rates, you know, all those things that are important when you're buying a home and so you know inspections are your friend sellers these are good for you when the buyers do them they help you seller and that so um, that and the other area we see where an awful lot of people make mistakes is when they buy something other than I'm going to say a lot lock and track home in a development where you've got you know five to ten thousand square foot lots just you know regular lots like the vast majority live on surveys aren't terribly important there it's more often than not fairly easy to discern your property lines but not always are the fences between your neighbor are they on the right property line or is that fence two feet into your property line so we find this an awful lot but we want to do that. If you're buying acreage, folks, whether it's vacant land or whether it's um, a home on acreage, um, boy, I, I just I have to recommend that you get a survey so you know exactly what the footprint of the property is you own. Where are all the corners to the property? Ted, we see quite a few issues here as we move into the you know a little bit more rural areas where there's more acreage. We do, and this is also incredibly common on the East Coast. So as uh, home building developed, obviously it moved from East to West, and of course as it moved from East to West, the methods by which they would do uh, would create lot lines, so to speak, have changed dramatically over the over the years and and it used to be and these were not uncommon at all it would say something to the effect of the the rock down by the creek is point a and then the large maple tree hence 20 feet left to the big elm and we would get these kind of property descriptions and and to some degree in some rural areas in washington we still see some of They're that still out there uh, we see some of that and and now mostly it's gone to this what we call range and township type descriptions of of property but uh we don't really need to get into that, but we do see a number of different things. The point being, when you're buying raw land, you, you definitely want to confirm what it is you're buying, because chances are when that original survey was done, particularly that property hasn't turned over very much in its history, you really need to understand what it is you're buying, because the people that own it may not even understand what they own. Well, I can say for sure some people don't, uh, especially if the property's been in your family for multiple generations. Uh, we've had some cases like this around town, and um, one of my clients uh, came in not too long ago. Ago, and they had a deed that was issued um, 
about 75 years ago or something like that, quite a long time ago. And it was under what they called the Torrens Land System, which was the way land was originally conveyed here in Washington and much across the country. But it's an antiquated system. And now. still some of it's in that Torrens system. In Washington, yeah. there are a number of properties that have not yeah. turned over. And so not understanding that, trying to remedy that and fix it if you're in the midst of a purchase and sale agreement is not the time to be fixing that. So you want to be aware of what it is and then you know, would convert some of those older um, type ones. But when we're getting into surveys and things like that, um, people who are encroaching on property, uh, people who are squatting on your property, if you have acreage, um, the surveys really, really help do that. And what Ted was saying, you know, some of these older surveys, I mean, they were done manually. And in the beginning, they would literally walk it off and they would say, you know, 30 steps to the big rock and then turn to the tree and go down to the riverbank. Well, the riverbank keeps moving too, right? Water's not stable. So those types of things cause a lot of problems and then we got this you know the surveyor sextons and the things that they measure with and those got pretty good but you know they're not precise as they could be and here today we have you know satellite imagery that can bring your lot lines and everything right down to uh, far out the decimal point you want to go so they can get it and we've had a number of issues you know some in here in washington but across the country where they found that the actual lots that people are sitting on are so far off to the true lot description once you overlay a satellite on it some people are off like a whole lot in a neighborhood and um, those are very interesting cases but the point here for if you're buying property and you can't easily sit there and look at the property in one view and see it so that you know if it's over an acre or two, you know, you, it, that's getting pretty big. And then depending on the topography, are there hills or valleys or wetlands or water? Um, we really have to look at those things. And while we're on land, if you have a septic, you're in rural property, and that there's a good chance you might have to be maintaining a well. Yep, and see a lot of that, too, particularly in those properties in Hood Canal area, still all, all on private wells for the most part down there. And it's not unusual, and it's not unusual that landowners shared a well at some point, and now, guess what, we have different owners, and they don't want to share it any longer. Well, so. you know, that's all over. I mean, well, up on the plateau and things, there's private water districts yep. rather than public water districts. There are community water systems. Um, sometimes it's, you know, two or three homes sharing one. And, you know, these cause issues. If you're buying a home into that situation, you need to understand what that is and what your rights and and or responsibilities are, um, especially in some of these private and um, consumer-held water um, districts. Um, It's quite challenging. And then, of course, the purity of your water, uh, make sure it's not contaminated. You you know, as your home buying inspection, you want to get it tested. You want to get the history. Has the well produced sufficient? volumes of water does it ever have seasonal problems you know um, how close is it to agricultural you know situations or um, you know the diesel repair shop or things like that for potential groundwater contamination so we really implore you folks out there not to consider a real estate transaction kind of a like buying a car you know it's a lot more serious and the ramifications can be far greater and you know uh, an appraiser's not going to pick out these issues. That's not their job. Um, but nor they, is your broker. Nor uh, is your broker. You know, yeah. Even though if they have knowledge of it, obviously that's a different matter. But now we're getting into some yeah. other kind of areas of the law. But but nevertheless, um, you know, you need to have a good picture of what it is you're buying before you commit to what what for most people is the biggest transaction of their oh, lives. Oh, it's just huge, and it's so devastating when we have to deal with folks that have bought the house, their dream home, and they find out there's yeah. major problems. And they, and they put all of their money into the dream home oh, and now have no money to repair well, the dream home. And so, I had a young couple who waived an inspection sad. on an older home down in the Tacoma area and after about six months they were in the house, the foundation completely failed and the house was um, had to be destroyed and rebuilt and yep. that it was the property was condemned and it was beyond repair. So um, 
put those poor kids into bankruptcy. It was very tough. I want to take the last few seconds here about this and just talk about real estate broker agency. Same for them as it is for lawyers, pretty much. They represent one person at a time. And when, Sometimes. And when the situation <laughs> arises where they off, they represent both, in other words, it's usually the listing agent, buyer walks in, open house, or calls on the phone, and the listing agent ha- writes up the deal and everything, they become a dual agent. Where theoretically, now they owe an allegiance to no one. So always think about that, folks. And if you are in a dual agency situation, this would be a high situation where you might want to seek out an attorney and that's someplace we could give you a lot of help hey folks we're going to take a quick break and more your partner in law when we get back so hang in there Hey, it's Tori Monson. Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m., right after the big show, I'll be joining Brian Ott with 525 Advisors for his live webinar. You'll learn all about the new long-term care plans offered by Brian and 525 Advisors. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It allows you to stay in control of your care options, and most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. So reserve your spot today. Join Brian and me Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m. I'll kick things off and share my long-term care story. Make sure to reserve your spot today at 525longtermcare.com. Brian keeps the class size small for a great learning environment. Space is limited. It's all free, and I'll be part of it as well. Go to 525longtermcare.com. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Regrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick. Gregor and Associates, they're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. Welcome back to Your Partner in Law. We're so happy to be with you this week and wanted just to confirm to everyone that we are in fact open for business. We've actually never closed. Um, we did leave the office for um well, we've left the office. Let's put it that way. We're not leaving. We left the office. Uh, we do come in on a limited basis now to uh, meet with clients, execute documents, things of that nature, using all the social distancing protocols that we've all come to love so much, and uh, even got the little fancy uh, thermometer things so we can uh, make sure our people are cool. We want all cool people to come into that. That might be discriminatory, but only cool people can come in that have the right temperature. So, um, Well, let's, let's just say that it's been very interesting this whole kind of transition back into this new abnormal rick because we are you know wearing gloves and we're wearing masks and we're you know inviting people to come in and now we're required to take temperatures and keep logs and those sort of things and it's just been really kind of interesting and i i don't know how much of this is really you know necessary frankly i some of it i think is overkill and some of it i think creates more panic than than is already out there you know and i think I guess the the bottom line here is let's you know please just not lose our collective minds over this thing and and do our best to kind of get back to normal as best we can without interfering with people's rights you know that's where this thing kind of hits the wall with me sometimes and yes. you know my rights don't end where your fear begins so let's just start there so <laughs> I've said my piece so there we well, go well it's uh, you know it's a tough situation and I was joking with one of my clients the other day who had to come in and sign some documents and so I meet him at the door I've got a black mask on. I've got gloves on. 
and I'm holding a little stubby thermometer that looks like a little short gun. And I said, come on in here, and I have to point this at your head. <laughs> this just doesn't seem to be the, the trusting, warm, friendly yeah. atmosphere that yeah. we, we strive so hard to uh, create. Yeah, I mean, so, so, so much of the personal interaction portion of what we do has just vanished, it, you it, know, overnight. And, it, it's, and, and it's so it's very tough. important. And I, I, I've said this before on the air, and I'll say it again, that, that eyeball time, and, and I'm going to say in any profession, is really, really important. I mean, I don't know how people function without having eye-to-eye contact with another human being. I don't get this whole online dating where you never meet the person in person. I just, I just, I'm just, I, maybe it's my age, you know, and I'm, I'm showing my age, I guess, but I just uh, think that human interaction is, is critical. And being able to look at people's eyes and see the expressions on their faces is, is critical to making things work in, in our world. And I, we've, we've just kind of lost well, well, that. Well, Ted, I have a proof part. of theory for that. Have you ever had a situation where you might have sent a text message to your lovely wife that she really misinterpreted your meaning. Have you ever had a situation oh, like that? Probably daily. Yeah. And how do you get out of that? But, you know, with the, you know, why did you use that emoji? Yeah. I don't know. This looked funny. Well, yeah. that emoji means this. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't use them, right? Yeah. So uh, be careful. But, you know, the online stuff, um, it's hard to have that camaraderie and, you know, the real trust that we want to have in our Absolutely. And, and, you know, while we're talking about real estate, Rick, there is a trend out there for no-see, no-visit buying of properties. This is facilitated now with a couple of different websites where you you can literally be living in Florida and buy a piece, and this happened to a client of mine, buy a piece of property in the state of Washington without ever setting foot on the property, without ever looking at the property, and you do this transaction. And relying and, on a video. And relying on a, on a video, and then, gee, guess what happens? When the push comes to shove, the person who conveyed it to you didn't own the property, and, and now you have to unwind all this. So it's just it's just a mess. Yeah, I mean, this is not one of those areas, people, that you want to be buying things sight unseen on the Internet. That, right, it's not a. Uh, it's you better not, have your lawyer involved, yeah, and you better yeah, be doing some exactly. stuff. Exactly, it's not well, a car. It's not a you know something you wear. It's this is your yeah. you know property here. So. Well, well, Ted, along that same line, uh, another major purchase people make oftentimes up here in the Pacific Northwest is sometimes they go out and buy a yacht. Yeah, and about I, those people. I was talking to one of my buddy <laughs> yacht brokers here. On, not too long ago, actually like three days ago. And I was just asking him, you know, the yacht business and what's going on there. And it's kind of on fire. Boat sales are pretty hot right now. But um, I was talking, I said, well, I said, you know, how has it impacted you guys initially? Because they couldn't show boats initially and get people on and everything. And I was shocked to learn that this guy says, oh, I had three sales last month. Now, three the yacht sales is huge, but number one. But he said the interesting part was I never met the people they never saw the boat they never did anything they purchased a boat now we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars purchasing so like buying a house in many cases and with no inspections which they call survey on a boat and you know sight unseen they never stepped on foot the boat they never walked the boat and are paying this kind of money so um Caveat emptor, that's buyer beware, but also caveat vendor, seller beware. Um, The market's a little, little flaky in some areas, so be very, folks, please be cautious of online transactions for virtually anything that isn't someone that is well established with you it's it's your doctor your bank your financial advisor but be your attorney but be please be very cautious Absolutely. of other things because there are scams out there there were a number of things this happened in the the B&B thing they would rent out properties you know put ads up and you know rent out their neighbor's property you oh, pay yeah. them you show yeah, up there was a lot of that going you on you don't have it same thing happens in purchases and yeah. just put it this way if it can be a scam in cyberspace it's out there yeah and so just please 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 yeah and, and spending a little bit of money to make sure you're getting what it is you think you're getting is really important I, and i think there are a lot of uh and i don't mean to bash on the realtors and things like that but i think a lot of realtors discourage their clients from going to attorneys because they in many cases view us as deal breakers that is not what we're out to do here folks we're not out here to kill your purchase of your dream home just to make sure that you understand the purchase of your dream home and you're not going to be caught on the back 
back end by something that you could have paid a couple hundred dollars to have an opinion on, and now it's costing you twenty or thirty thousand dollars to remedy. So I've never really understood that, but I know it's out there because I've experienced it myself on many occasions. Oh so. yeah, hey Ted, you know, many 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 years ago, I had a client, a, a couple, a young couple um, in their mid thirties, and they were doing pretty well. They owned a home, and they wanted to buy a little cabin over on Camino Island. And they found a cabin that they wanted to put an offer in on, and they did, and then they came to me. And it was a bad deal for them. The The property was, you know, very dilapidated. They were intrigued by the price. And yet, you know, when we got into it and we looked at inspections and the, re- the cost of the repair, and then that the seller was unwilling or unable to do any types of um, fixes to the property to even make it um, financeable. And so the folks, but they really wanted it. They loved it, the location. It had access to the beach. And it was the location and everything was great. But we talked long and hard about it and through some significant, significant emotions. And so they decided to not go through with the sale. And they were sa- sad and maybe a little perturbed at me, at, you know, in some regards. That, Gee, this was so close, but we just couldn't get it. About six months later, they found another cabin. This one had been completely remodeled, was all modern, was not going to need massive repairs after they bought it. It had superior beach rights, and it was basically the same price. And uh, they purchased that, and then they wrote a letter to me uh, basically saying, you know, we were kind of perturbed with you at the first round, and but the second round we got through that, and what we ended up with was so superior. We talked to the people who did end up buying the other property, and they had to put almost 150000 dollars into it to get it up to being a legal habitable structure so they were actually very happy campers but sometimes after the fact it's a delayed gratification because when you lose a bid or you lose something like that folks don't take it personal it's business and when you put emotions into a transaction that's where you kind of get and that's where this behavior comes about that we're talking to to you about today that's this just complete waiver of all of your rights in exchange for you being able to buy what you feel is your dream property without really really knowing what it is you're buying you know folks these subject to these contingencies these conditioned on they've all grown into the real estate transactions because there were so many problems in this area and buyers were at extreme risk of trying to buy properties you know our disclosure laws the the infamous form 17 the real property you know seller's disclosure form terribly important document to both buyer and seller and so you know these these forms are out there because they're a reaction to prior problems. Uh, we don't make this stuff up in the beginning, believe me. <laughs> it's as people sue each other, as there's court cases, then the law responds to that and creates more disclosures and requirements. So the better we all behave and treat each other fairly, the less legislation we get. Bad behavior brings about legislation in just about every walk of our life. So I always tell people, think about the consequences of your actions. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, you know, I've had a lot of experience with this when I practiced in Southern California on on what I would begin to call non-disclosure cases, and that is the people actually knew of a defect and went to great lengths to cover it up. And in many cases, these were houses perched over uh, San Clemente, uh, very expensive houses sitting on hillsides, and lo and behold, you have structural issues, and the fix for that is incredibly expensive folks. It involves pylons and a great deal of engineering. And the, the the lengths these people went to cover this up was amazing. And they had lived in the home 28 years, which didn't bode well for them when it came down to the actual uh, defects in the home. Hey, folks, we're up against the clock. Just let, let you know. Contact your partner-in-law at yourpartnerinlaw.com. We're here to help. Send us your questions, your comments, anything that's on your mind, how we may help. Um, we're here to give you a helping hand. We'll be right back after this quick break. When we talk about estate planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. 
John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times. Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick. Gregor and Associates, they're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Hey, it's Story Monson, Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m., right after the big show. I'll be joining Brian Ott with 525 Advisors for his live webinar. You'll learn all about the new long-term care plans offered by Brian and 525 Advisors. They protect your savings, they protect your family, and the plan we got pays us back if we never use it. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It allows you to stay in control of your care options, and most importantly, Importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. So reserve your spot today. Join Brian and me Thursday, July 9th at 3 p.m. I'll kick things off and share my long-term care story. Make sure to reserve your spot today at 525longtermcare.com. Brian keeps the class size small for a great learning environment. Space is limited. It's all free, and I'll be part of it as well. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Now back to your partner in law with Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. You're listening to your partner in law coming to you live from a dark studio in Kirkland. It is. When you know, yeah. live radio is really something. Folks, um, we are really pleased to be able to talk with you every week. Uh, we've been doing this remotely since uh, mid-March, I guess. And um, we miss being live on air with you. We hope to return to that in the not-too-distant future, so uh, pay attention to that. But in the interim, I hope that uh, we can convey a little uh, little knowledge, a little hope, a little conversation with you, maybe give you a chuckle every now and then. That's uh, certainly good therapy these, uh, these during these times. Um, we talked a lot about real estate and what's going on in the market. Is it hot or not? Uh, inventory's low. Sale prices are kind of hanging in there, actually continuing to be on the rise. Um, what's going to happen in the future? None of us know. Extremely low interest rates right now. How long will that last? Don't know. So, you know, weeks, months, years? Don't know. A lot of, a lot of uncertainty. So just please, if you are buying real estate right now, protect yourself. Whether you're a buyer or a seller, waving of contingencies and things of that nature are not a good idea for either side. It, 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 well, I, I should take that back. It's good for us lawyers um, because there are a lot more post-sale litigation activities. Yep, there is. And it's, and, and it's especially true when people waive necessary inspections and contingencies. That's absolutely true. And the, and the other thing, frankly, Rick, that's fueled a lot of this in hot markets are these cash buyers, that people that are, that are able to do non-finance kind of contingency work. And it used to be very common. I remember back when my parents would buy their homes and when we'd move that there was co- it was common to have the purchase conditioned on the sale of your home. And that's another one of these contingencies that under the current market conditions has really gone by the wayside. They are more, a, a seller is more likely to, to entertain an all cash, uh, let's just call it a less hassle offer than they are to entertain the possibility that you wouldn't sell your home, that you wouldn't be able to come up with the funds, that, you know, all those things play into this kind of hot market. So there is a ton of cash out there, and it really kind of throws a wrench into some of these uh, purchase transactions because that creates some sense of urgency in a seller um, and frequently non-disclosure, complete non-disclosure purchases. Well, and and the other thing that happens in this area, folks, uh, sometimes the offer will say all cash, 
and no financing contingency. But as you go through the transaction, you find out the person is actually relying on what everyone refers to as hard money or a private lender. And so they're not going through a traditional bank or mortgage company. And uh, folks, that deal is still contingent on financing because if that hard money lender doesn't come through at the end, neither, the sale doesn't close. So sometimes there's little subterfuge on the buyer presenting an all-cash offer when, in fact, they are really relying on third-party hard money lending, and those can get really messy. And those deals almost always have an and-or assigns um, clause to where it gives the buyer the opportunity to assign, which, you know, basically is... Quasi sale. In other words, you, they buy the house from you for four hundred thousand. They assign it over to somebody else for fifty thousand dollars. Person pays them fifty thousand dollars and takes over the four hundred thousand dollar contract. That's kind of how assignment works. Very risky. All kinds of problems can occur. So, um, you know, if you get into these types of transactions, I think the best realtors out there are telling people to go see their attorney. Um, this is outside the scope of what real estate brokers are actually supposed to be doing. Uh, They're there to market your property, help negotiate price, and then help fill out the pre-printed multiple listing forms. But when it gets into a lot of these legal issues, how do you hold title? How do you do all these different things? Um, They really should be referring you to that. If you have and or assigns or businesses with hard money lending, uh, a lot of things are there, and I really encourage you to um, Give us a call. We would love to walk you through it. We love real estate. It's fun. All of our, you know, 90% of our clients own real estate in one form or another, if it's just your primary residence. But it's just, it's It's, a fun. It's fraught with it, but it is fraught with legal issues in many, many different forms it is. And, and, you know, while we're on this topic of of financing, I I think it's important perhaps to understand a couple of things that many uh, buyers, excuse me, sellers like what they call pre-approval letters uh, from a lender. Let me just talk a little bit about that. A a pre-approval letter is not a loan commitment, okay? So even though you have a pre-approval letter, it really doesn't matter a great deal until you actually get a loan commitment from a lender saying that they will lend under these certain conditions. So let's understand this pre-approval process is is more smoke than it is fire. Yeah, it's It's a little bit of a con game. It it, it is in many many cases. And, And so I think that's important to point that out to people that that is not a loan commitment okay so let's talk uh, about what would the wording of the commitment be folks you know if you get a loan approval letter it basically says the person's applied for a loan and not much else right. a commitment is really coming from the underwriting department of the lender saying that this borrower is approved for financing they have the right credit scores down payment they got all the criteria the buyer meets the loan criteria and the commitment letter will then say this buyer is Um, We are committed to making a loan under these conditions, how much they're going to make and all that, and that the financing then would be no longer conditioned on the buyer's financing uh, protocol. The the financing contingency would say that the transaction is now subject only to appraisal and title. Right. And so that's very, very important that if you're the seller to know that an approval letter is is meaningless, basically. You want that commitment letter to where they're saying we will loan X at X and the buyer is approved. And this loan is this loan transaction is conditioned only on appraisal coming in at value and on um, appropriate title. title. Let's talk about title a little bit now. That's another one. In your standard multiple listing contracts, under the title clause, it's going to say that the seller shall deliver marketable title to the buyer at closing. What in the world is marketable title? And what does that mean to the buyer? Well, let me tell you, marketable title doesn't mean there are not title defects. There could be many title defects, and the title company would consider the the, uh, property marketable because they can issue a title report, putting in certain restrictions or exceptions or things along those lines. But the purpose of the title report should go well beyond that for the buyer. If I'm representing a buyer, I like to put a clause in the contract that title will be 
acceptable to the buyer in all terms. Not that it's merely marketable. Marketable is our marketability of title. Marketable title is a very low bar for issuing titles. So there can be many defects. There can even be lot line encroachments, and there can be all kinds of things. So you really need to understand what title is. And in some cases, that might also lead into what type of deed you're going to get. And we don't really have enough time today to get into all that. We'll we'll go back maybe next week and talk more about some deeds and some of the issues we have here. But this marketable title is a very low standard for issuing title to um, a buyer. So um, beware of that. And and and, and talking about title... Please, when you get that preliminary commitment of title from the title company, it'll usually come through escrow or whatever, please, please read it and make sure that you are focusing on uh, Schedule B, I believe is the Schedule B, but it's going to be exclusions. What isn't this title policy covering? Please read that. And then you might want to discuss that with your attorney um, because there can be all kinds of things in there that may or may not um, be a factor in your decision to buy the property. And there's hidden things in there that if it's right in front of you, you were given the commitment report and you didn't read it or you didn't understand it and you close and you later find out and you said, damn, but for, yeah, I wouldn't have bought this property had I known that. So make sure you're knowing all those things. I mean, that goes along with homeowner association agreements, condo association agreements. Please, please, please carefully, critically read these. Go over them with your attorney. I can't tell you how many people oh, yeah. condos are sales. Condos are really even a heightened heightened scrutiny on these kind of issues because within those, uh, you know, uh, condominium laws can be some traps as well and then they that's just what they are and they when you buy a condominium you are accepting that you're going to go along with everything that's in those bylaws or these uh various condo association agreements that you are bound to uh by buying a a place in a condominium Uh, well for instance are there any assessments that have been you know condominium associations folks have been under lawsuit siege for 30 years and many of them have outstanding balances they owe money underfunded Yep. They're underfunded. Yep. Lots of problems that all impact your ownership of your property. That's right. Maybe even saleability, and maybe even who you can sell it to or what type yep. of financing. Oh, yeah. In many cases, particularly the over 55 communities are just like yeah. that, right? So you they, may not they have are very the right to rent your property out. That's so right. So when you're buying a condo or a homeowners association, you are actually giving up some of your what we call fee simple the absolute ownership interest in your property. You're giving up some of those rights. Now, I will argue that it, it, and, and for most people, most of the time, especially homeowners associations, are usually favorable for you, even though they have some rules. Now, you have to be real careful on the condominium associations because just depending on how big an association, what the amenities are, pools, golf courses, all kinds of different things. So um, condo dues and condo fees. I, I, I'm seeing some condo dues approach mortgage payments. Oh, yeah. It's you know, awful. 1000 bucks yep. a month. And more, and those go up constantly. Darn, folks, we're out of time again. And so enjoy talking with you. Hey, don't forget us, your partner in law. We're here to help yourpartnerinlaw.com. We'll be back next happy week. Happy Father's Day. Yes, happy Father's Day. Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. Event info, newsletters, and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free partner-in-law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner-in-Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH.